Thank you, guys. That was beautiful. It's good to start the new year out with worship, isn't it? Today's scripture reading is going to come out of the Psalms. I invite you to turn over there with me to Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. And you'll be relieved to know we're not going to read all of it. We would be here a while, but we're going to start in verse 12 and read a few of these verses together. Psalm 119, starting in verse 12, we read, Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. It's the reading of God's word. You may be seated. And as you are seated today, just a quick note that we are taking Lord's Supper at the end of service today. And uh, Lord's Supper is open to everyone who is a baptized believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You do not have to be a member of First Baptist Church of Kennedy uh, to do so. Though if you uh, have been thinking about joining our church, please know that we would love to talk to you about that. Um, But when we take the Lord's Supper together, it does mean we don't have kingdom kids during the morning service because some of those kiddos uh, are, are baptized believers and we want them to participate in the Lord's Supper. And all of them benefit from being a part of the service and seeing the Lord's Supper taken and a chance for them to learn and grow together. So just a little word on that. If you need some extra activities for kiddos as we go through the message today, uh, don't be shy about going to the back and getting uh, some of the handouts for, for the kids in the, in the, uh, on the table where the lamp is in that bucket basket thing. Just grab a couple of those and, and that will give them a chance to keep their hands busy. And uh, if, you have, if you have kids, you know, even though they're their hands are busy. Oftentimes, their mind is still engaged, and uh, I'm always impressed that while it looks like my children aren't paying attention, uh, sometimes they are. It's like, wow, look at that. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so I've been so excited about this, uh, today's service in particular, getting into the new year and having a chance to begin uh, a new reading plan. If you were a part of services last year, you know we did a reading plan that was both Old Testament and New Testament, and then we alternated between Psalms and Proverbs. And I preached primarily out of the Old Testament. And so what we wanted to do this year was shift gears, do another reading plan, but really focus on the New Testament. So most of the sermons this year will come out of our reading plan. And I want to do something real quick. This is going to be helpful later on when I walk through this. If you uh, do not have a reading plan, and I'm going to ask, I know this is a bit impromptu, okay, so I didn't didn't prepare anybody for this, but anybody that does not have a reading plan, uh, you're probably going to want one for the service today, and hopefully in the coming days you'll, you'll utilize it, and we may have enough for those who don't have one. If you don't have one, if you just slip your hand up, we've got a few that are going to go to the back and grab some for you. Just put your hand up. And also, we have reading plans for kiddos. And so if you have kiddos here who are about elementary age or so, um, the reading plan for them, and I'm going to go over all of this, okay? So just hang in there with me. But if if you have elementary age kiddos, okay, 
then we're going to, Miss Rosemary is going to give you a different book for them. All right. And so if, if, if you can, elementary age is in, you can read and write on your own, then you can make use of this plan. We're, we're working out. But a quick note, if you have elementary age kids that can't read and write, then parents, as you do your reading plan, just you can read it to them, okay? So that's one idea. All right, so uh, hopefully everybody has gotten a reading plan for themselves or for kids, and we need some back there. Okay, it's coming your way. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all's help. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Here we go. All right. I remember the first time I read the Bible for myself. I was 16 years old. You still got one over here? Bobby, you got, you got a plan? Maybe holler at them. We'll come your way. I see you. Bob, could you, could you tell Rosemary or Sarah if we could get one more reading plan? Rose, do we have one more reading plan? You got one over there? Adult reading plan? We need one over here. Over here. They're coming your way. Okay. Uh, I started going to church pretty regular as a junior high kiddo and uh, heard a lot from the Bible, but had not read it for myself until I was 16. And I don't recommend this path, but I read it for myself for the first time to prepare to preach a sermon as part of our youth-led worship service. Are you shocked by that? I'm shocked by that. When I think back on it, I think, wow, really? And, and what was crazy is I, I was willing to do that just as kind of my own uh, enjoyment because uh, I like to be on stage and do like one-act play stuff. And so I thought, well, that would be fun. I'll do that. And it was when I sat down and read the Word of God for myself, not hearing somebody else teach it or preach it, for myself, um, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And I knew in that moment I needed to be saved. And I knew because I've been to church, I knew what to say. I knew that I needed to tell God, God, I'm a, I'm a sinner. And... And I know that I have no right to be in relationship with you. I've blown it. Uh, Lord, will you forgive me? I know Jesus can make me right. I can't do it, but I know he can. And I prayed something like that. And I became a Christian, reading the Bible for the first time to prepare to preach my first sermon. Uh, it just blows me away, the grace of God, that he could do that. And that's, that's backwards, y'all. In all kinds of ways, that's backwards. Uh, but when God, God does what he wants when he wants. And so that was the path. And from that moment on, God put in my heart a hunger to read his word. And I think if you're a Christian, you have that same hunger. That hunger may be, uh, or that desire to read the Bible may get crowded out with other things. That desire to read the Bible may be covered over with, you know, it can be confusing. I, I don't understand what it has to say. I don't understand how it's laid out, et cetera, et cetera. But, but if you're a Christian, the Bible tells us that you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. And that Spirit of God is going to give you a hunger and a thirst to connect with your Creator through your Savior, Jesus. 
in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have that desire. And my encouragement to you this coming year is to give in to that desire. Enjoy that good thing that God has put on your heart to do. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to get into that. That's what we're going to do. Now, I love these verses in Psalm, in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is like a love letter to God regarding the Bible. That's, what it's, that's, like, that's like what it's like. If you go at home and read Psalm 119 today, what you're going to find again and again uh, are comments about the psalmist saying how much he loves God's word, God's decrees, God's laws, the words of God. These are all the same way of talking about what we call the Bible. Now, they didn't, the psalmist in Psalm, who wrote Psalm 119, they didn't have the full Bible like we have today. They had a portion of the Old Testament, okay? Uh, but today we have Old Testament and New Testament. We're blessed with the whole thing. But in his day, what he did have, he looked at and said, this is awesome that God would want to speak and communicate to me. And so I want to use uh, these verses to walk through everything I want to talk about today in regards to our reading plan in 2023. So it's not going to be exactly uh, in order uh, because we're just going to follow the verses. But it'll all come together. I trust it'll all come together. And, uh, and, you'll, and you'll have a clear picture when you leave today that if you want to engage in this Bible reading plan with us, you'll know exactly how to do it. All right? That's where, that's where we're going to land. So let's pause for just a moment and pray together, and then we'll jump in. Father God, you are so good to us in so many ways. And even today as we are gathered on New Year's Day, we can look back in 2022 and just again and again see how you have blessed us with good things. And we look at your word and it says that every good gift comes from our Father. So every good gift, every good thing, every blessing in the last year, God, we give you thanks for. And God, we look ahead to a new year. And we praise you because we know that you'll do more of the same. Uh, God, even in the challenges and the difficulties and the discipline that you bring into our lives, it's all for our benefit and for your glory. And so, God, we we look ahead and and pray that you'd help us to, uh, God, engage with you through your word, that that desire that the Holy Spirit uh, implants in our heart to connect to you through the scriptures, uh, God, that we would, we would honor that desire and we would enjoy being with you each and every day as we look into your word. And God, I, I just uh, I thank you that we have this place to come, to be together, to worship together, and to read and study the scriptures together. And all this we give thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you'll look with me again in Psalm 119, starting in verse 12. And I'm just going to walk through these verses together. And you'll see how these verses help put together for us exactly what we're looking at with this New Year's reading plan. Starts in verse 12. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Now, again, decrees is another way of talking about what God has said to be done. And where did he say, do this and don't do that. He gave that word to those who wrote the scriptures. So decrees, just read Bible, okay? Psalm 119.12, praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. One of the things I want to encourage you to do as we go through this reading plan is you're going to notice that you have the weekends off. Your reading plan is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
five days a week. You have Saturday and Sunday where you do not have a uh, scripture reading for that day. One of the things I want to encourage you to do is use those days. One thing you can do is if you get behind, that's a good catch-up days, okay? And and you're going to get behind. It happens, all right? Uh, Don't don't beat yourself up. Just catch up. Be fine. But hopefully you'll, even as you get caught up, Friday and Saturdays will be really good study days. Here's what I'm saying. Teach me your decrees to teach, to learn, to understand, to not just read the Bible, but study the Bible. So as you're reading along Monday through Friday, let's say you've got some time set aside and you come across something interesting. You think, I'd really like to know more about that. I just don't have time to study it today. Let me mark that in my reading plan. Let me put a little star by that scripture and let me come back and study that on Saturday or Sunday. Okay. So teach me your decrees, study God's word when, anytime, but you got you got Saturday and Sunday set aside where you can study God's word. Here's the best tool. What what am I about to tell you? What am I about to tell you? Y'all, y'all know I'm about to, I'm about to tell you my favorite, my favorite tool when it comes to the Bible. What is it? Come on. Don't let me down. What's study Bible. Thank you. Study Bible. Y'all knew that it's just new year's day. And like, and like me, we're just, you know, we're just a little sleepy. Okay. A study Bible is a fantastic tool and it's really affordable. You can get a good study Bible for about 25 to 35 bucks on Amazon uh, or anywhere. Uh, study Bible is going to have the scripture at the top and on the bottom is going to have notes. And so you roll around a Saturday and you say, I really wanted to study that passage. Let me open up my study Bible and read what it has to say. Okay, now you may not have twenty five or thirty five dollars. I want you to know I buy study Bibles like they're candy and I give them away just as easily because I think they're so great. Okay, I have four study Bibles to give away today. All right. Looks like this. Don't let the title scare you. It says biblical theology, biblical theology study Bible. They changed the title to this. What used to just be the NIV Zondervan study Bible. They changed the title. I don't know why. I don't really like that they changed the title. But it's the same one that I've been giving away for years. All right. Same, same Bible, just they changed the title. So I've got one here and I've got three on the table uh, as you leave in the foyer today. If you do not have a study, now some of you collect Bibles, all right? This is not Bible collection day, all right? So if you just want a new Bible because you want a new Bible, no, leave it for someone who needs it. But if you don't have a study Bible and you would like a study Bible, I have four to give away today. And once I give them all away, I'm going to order more and give more away because I think they're so helpful. So again, you got two days off a week. Use those days to study God's word and a study Bible is a huge help. Verse 13. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I recount. Okay. Recount. Another way to say that is I bring to mind what I know of God's word. Now, how are you going to do that? Read the Bible, but also memorize scripture. Now, how do you memorize scripture? The easiest way to memorize scripture You're reading through your reading plan and you come across a verse that speaks powerfully to you. And God's word is speaking to you. You think, man, this verse is awesome. I want to remember this verse. So then I need to memorize this verse. And maybe once a week or so, you're going to come across a verse like that. 
and you just set that verse aside and say, you know what? I've got Saturday and Sunday where I don't have a reading plan scripture verse. I'm going to come back to this verse and work on memorizing that. And all you got to do is get a little index card, write the verse on the back, and on the front, put the address, John 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, right? John 1, 1, write that on one side, write the address on the other, and just work on that. Keep memorizing it. Keep, keep, keep turning back to it so that you can recount God's Word. Now, today we're kind of lucky because we have, get it out of my pocket here, we got these, right? You can get the Bible on this, so you can have it with you all the time. But there is something powerful, not just about being able to access the Word of God, but as the Word of God says, having the Word of God hidden in your heart that you may not sin against Him. And so memorizing it is one way in which you can do that. With my lips I recount. How do you recount? Read, but also memorize. Work on memorization on Saturdays and Sundays. You're reading through your plan. You're making note of verses that really stand out. And one of those you can work on memorizing. Okay, I think I covered that. Let me talk about the second half of that verse 13 that is so good. All the laws, you see, uh, with my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Now, this is one of the reasons why engaging in scripture reading is so important, is because what the psalmist is saying is true. This Bible is God's word to you and to me. You may say, I want to hear from God. He spoke. It's right here. I wish I knew what God wanted from me. He tells you. It's right here. I need help. I need encouragement. God, where is my encouragement from you? He put it right here. Now, I'm not saying the Bible is all you need for the Christian life. I'm just saying it is so fundamental. It is the first place we go when we need all those things. Is we turn to God's word for those things. It's not all you need, but it is the beginning of what you need. Because that's where he has chosen to speak to us. Look at this verse with me in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Now, some of you know the name Saul, uh, who was a, uh, a Jewish uh, person who persecuted the church and had a radical conversion, became a Christian. He started using his Greek name, Paul, in order to reach people who were not Jewish. And uh, in addition to ch- planting churches, he also really encouraged other ministers. And he had a, had a, um, like a spiritual father-son relationship with a guy named Timothy. And he wrote letters to Timothy. And we have a couple of those letters in our Bible. That God inspired him to write those words and then put it in the scriptures to encourage us. Listen to what Paul says to Timothy about the Bible. He says this, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. We should have a slide for this one. You see that verse on there? There we go. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. It's God-breathed means he inspired those who wrote the scriptures. His spirit spoke to them and impressed upon them what they should put down. And so when you pick this up, that's what you're picking up. God's word spoken. 
throughout the years inspired human beings writing down what God wanted you and me to have, and we have it. Praise God we have it. Now, reading the Bible, though, is not enough. It's not enough to read the Bible, study the Bible, memorize the Bible. It's a really great start. But there is more to knowledge when it comes to our relationship with God. Look at verse 14. I rejoice in, what's that word? Y'all say it together with me if you've got your Bible open. I rejoice in following. Let's try it again. If you didn't have your Bible open, now you know the words following, so you can say it with everybody. I rejoice in following your statutes. Statutes is another way of saying Bible, okay? Just think Bible. I rejoice in following your statutes. God wants you to know what he expects of you, and it is a joy to know it and to do it. Every time God commands you to do something or to not do something, it is for your benefit, as well as primarily for his glory. It's for our good. God wants to bless us. So he gives us his word, lets us know what he expects of us, that we might do it. And therefore, we are blessed. I tell my kids this a lot. Your life is going to be so much easier if you just do what I tell you to do. I promise you. I promise you. Your life will just be so much easier if you just follow the directions. Okay? Follow the directions. Okay, so I rejoice in following your statutes. It's not enough to read, study, memorize God's word. You got to follow it. James 1.22 says it like this. We have that slide too. You want to jot this verse down. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Isn't that interesting? We can deceive ourselves. I read it. I studied it. I memorized it. I went to Bible study. I listened to a sermon. I'm good. And now I'm deceived because I think I'm good. No, no, no. We do all that stuff so that we can take what we have learned and live it out in our lives. Do not merely be hearers of the word, but we are to be doers of the word. Verse 14b. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I love that verse. You actually find that as a theme in Psalms, and particularly in Psalm 119, is that the psalmist will compare the Bible to riches. Just, just think about that. If I could tell you, you'll, you'll never read or hear from God's word again, but I'll give you a million dollars. Would you take that deal? I hope you wouldn't. I hope there would be no price tag that you would put on leaving the Bible behind. Because the Bible is... Great riches in itself. This is worth more than anything else. That you could possibly, any any possible material wealth you might have, if the option is to keep the wealth or the Bible, go with the Bible. It is great riches. Here's one of the reasons why, is because God's word changes us. The riches of, now, 
Now imagine, imagine you did have a million dollars or a billion dollars. If you had a lot of money, would that change the way your life operated in some ways? I would assume so. You have the riches of God's word, so that should change you in some way, and it does. I've quoted this study before, but it's really a powerful uh, example of what it means to have the riches of God's word transforming our lives. It comes from LifeWay Research. Uh, through an extensive study done by what's called the Center of Bible Engagement. And this is what they found, that when we read the Bible at least four times a week, when we read the Bible at least four times a week, here are some things that take place. And I've got them listed on the screen so you can follow along with me. Is 30% of people who read the Bible at least four times a week reported feeling less lonely? 32% of people reported feeling less angry. 40% reported feeling less bitterness in their personal relationships. 57% reported that they felt a lessening grip of alcoholism on their lives. 68% reported saying that sexual temptation in regards to sex outside of marriage dropped. 61% reported viewing pornography in their personal life had dropped because they began to read God's word at least four times a week. And as you would expect, 60% reported that they felt less spiritually stagnant. Uh, There was a 200% jump in those who were sharing their faith and 230% jump in those who were obedient to the command to disciple others. The word of God is great riches. It is worth so much to us because it reveals who God is and it helps us to conform to his likeness. Reading the word of God puts us in connection with God, which changes us. He rubs off on us. I, I, I say this a lot, especially with students, is if you want to become more like Jesus, you're going to, you got to spend time with him. Think of the people you spend time with. They are shaping and forming who you are. You begin to listen to the music they listen to. You begin to wear the clothes that they wear. You begin to like the the kind of games that they play. Uh, You might start to like the sports that they enjoy or the hobbies or, or whatever. The more time you spend with people that you enjoy and admire, the more they're going to rub off on you. You want to be like Jesus? Spend time with Jesus. He will rub off on you. And one of the main ways that we can spend time with our God is by reading his word. And so it's no surprise that those who engage in Bible reading at least four times a week experience transformation because they are putting themselves in the presence of God. And so they're becoming more like him. Okay. Oh, uh, this, this verse just really reflects the power of God's word. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged or double-edged sword. It penetrates, dividing even soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The power of God's word is like a two-edged sword. It is able to change us. Verse 15. I meditate on your precepts. Precepts, again, Bible. But I want us to focus on the word meditate. I think about. Now, we, heard, we might hear the word meditate, and, and often we'll think, like, 
Eastern meditation, you're, you're sitting crisscross applesauce, you know, with your elbows on your knees and you're doing some, um, um, uh, that's not Christian meditation. Okay. Uh, Christian meditation is not emptying your mind. That's Eastern meditation. Christian meditation is filling your mind with the things of God, particularly the word of God. That's Christian meditation. So what does he say here? He says, I meditate on what? Nothingness? No. I meditate on your precepts. The things you have told us. Your commands, your laws, your word. That's what I meditate on. One of the ways in which I want to encourage you to meditate on God's word is to journal. Now here in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about journaling a little bit more extensively. But it helps you as you read through and you begin to think about and you spend some time pondering and just, I wonder what that means. And so I read a little bit more and I understand. I wonder how that applies to my life. Like where, where would God have me to live that out? And I'm thinking more about it and, and I'm just letting it roll around in my mind. I'm, I'm just saturating my mind with that verse or passage or chapter. Oftentimes when I meditate on God's word, it's, it's got to be bite size. It's a couple words in a verse or a couple verses. It's usually the most that I can meditate on. But I'm just letting it soak in. I'm meditating on it. Journaling is going to help you with that. But also, as you go through, you may star some particular passages that you want to return to on your Saturday or Sunday to really soak in a little bit longer because you probably... If you have a job and stuff, you may not have time during the week to really meditate much on the word. But Saturday and Sunday, when you don't have a particular reading verse that you are, or you don't have a, uh, uh, a prescribed chapter that you need to read on that day, you can spend some time meditating on those things that you flew by during the week and you want to come back to. You can come back to and meditate it on, meditate on those during that time. The second half of verse 15 says, and consider your ways. Uh, and I really, I should just combine those because it's the same idea. Considering God's ways, thinking about how it applies uh, to my life. It's another way of just reiterating the, the need to meditate and soak in God's word. Journaling is going to help with that. And I'll return to what that looks like in just a minute. Verse 16, I'm going to come back to verse 16 at the end of the message. Okay, I delight in your decrees. But I want to wrap up with this thought when it comes to this particular verses in Psalms. I will not neglect your word. To make a choice, I will not neglect God's word. Now, this is a challenge to you. I don't mean this harshly, but let's be honest. We've got time for Netflix. We've got time for Twitter. Uh, we've, we've got time to watch the game on TV. How can we not have time for God's word? But it's a choice. It's a decision that we have to make to make engaging God in his word a priority in my life. We have to make that decision. It is one of the best decisions you will ever make. 
to say, I am going to commit myself to reading God's word. Now, I want to help you with that. I want to encourage you to develop a plan, all right? P-L-A-N. It's an acronym. It's real simple. I've used this many times, and you may have heard it from me before. Plan, P, place. Decide where you're going to sit down and read God's word. There's something that happens when you have a particular place that you go to again and again, and that is your meeting place with God. Something happens in your brain when you sit down in that comfy chair or you're sitting in uh, your room at your desk or, you know, you're sitting outside on the porch or you're sitting in your car, wherever it's going to be. You've got a place and your mind says this place is where I go to meet God. And over time, if you keep going back to that place, it's going to help shift when you get there. I'm spending time with God. So find a place. It would be, I would encourage you to even now jot down some options. Where, where, name a few of those places. Where are a few of those places? Just write it down. Uh, kitchen table. Desk. Whatever. Length of time. You got to know how long you intend to spend uh, doing the Bible reading plan and journaling and prayer. I can tell you, you, you probably should plan for a minimum of 15 minutes. Which is not a lot of time, if you're honest. I mean, that's not a lot of time, right? Um, But if you're going to go with, you've never done it before. You're starting this new. uh, So this is going to be a whole new thing for you. I'd say plan for at least 15 minutes. 15 minutes. One five. Okay? How long are you going to do it? And then, of course, with not only the length of time, but when. When are you going to do this? I'm going to sit at the kitchen table at... Six o'clock in the morning, and from six to six fifteen, I'm going to read my Bible journal and pray. Right? You need to have some kind of prescribed uh, decision. This is how I'm going to do this. You need a plan. Okay? A is for accountability. Is there someone in your life that can help you be accountable for reading God's Word? If you're married, your spouse, or if you have friends, a sibling, someone. Someone for whom you can check in with each other and make sure you're on the same page with your reading plan. Now, they may have a different reading plan or whatever, and that's fine. But just to say, hey, how are you doing engaging God's word? How are you doing with your reading and your praying and all that kind of stuff? Last one, end necessities. You got to have your stuff. What are you going to need? You're going to need a Bible. Now, as I said, we have a digital Bible on us all the time, right? So you can, you can do that, but a physical Bible is good because it helps eliminate the distraction of a digital Bible because that Bible app's right, ne- right next to Facebook app. You know what I mean? So that can help with that. Journal and a pen. Journal doesn't have to be fancy, just some paper. A pen, something to write with. Uh, and then your Bible reading plan, okay? Uh, the Bible reading plan that we have for you has at the very beginning of it uh, some ideas on, on uh, how you can make the most of this plan. And I want to talk through this a little bit. Okay? In your Bible reading plan, if you open it up, you should have a loose handout like this. It's cardstock. It's perforated. These are your prayer cards. I want to encourage you 
to use these prayer cards, I'm going to talk a little bit about how. There's a whole page on the inside of your Bible reading plan that explains how to use these prayer cards. You uh, can read this on your own. Um, Now, for the kiddos, there's actually some description in every day. They have a journal post that they can do on their own that's written for kiddos that Miss Rosemary put together for them. And in there, they will have an opportunity to write down prayer requests, okay? For the adults, I'm encouraging you. Teens, I'm encouraging you to use the prayer cards. Put the name or situation at the top. I want to pray for my family. Dates. Just put the month and the year, right? Frequency. I want to encourage you to be using these four prayer cards to get started and just make them your daily prayer cards. So under frequency, you would check the box daily. Now, we're going to talk about this through the year. And so we'll return back to it, and and I'll say, okay, y'all have been using these prayer cards for a couple months now. Here's some other things that you can be praying for, and you can get into some of the frequency, and every Monday I'm going to pray for X. But for today, I just want you to think about daily prayer needs. Now, what should those be? Here's Here's my encouragement to you. If I were to ask you right now, what are the things that are weighing heaviest on your heart, you could probably name them. My guess is you may have... Three or four. Well, you got four prayer cards right here. So the things that are weighing most heavily on your heart right now, make them a prayer card. And then what you're going to do is you're going to think about, once you've got all that written down, before you get into the scripture and the actual need, I want to encourage you to just spend some time praying to God about that. I just, God, I'm praying for my family. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what scripture verse I need to be looking at. I just, I know I need to pray for my family. Spend as much time just asking God to give you direction on that prayer need as as you need. And then begin looking at scriptures. You got a handout that was either given to you or you can pick up on your way out that says a praying life at the top. All of this prayer card stuff I got from a praying life, which is a book by Paul Miller and a ministry and it's great stuff. I encourage you to get the book and read it. But he's got this handout that has all the scriptures. And so you can look through and you can find scriptures on family, marriage, etc. And you might find a scripture that say, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I desire. That's what I want to see happen in the life of my family. It's that verse right there. And then you write that verse right here where it says scripture. Write out that verse. And that, that's the verse you're going to look at every day you pray. You're going to remind yourself of that truth in God's word that you're praying for. And the, what's the specific needs that you may have. What, is it, what does it look like to flesh that out? And then you've got some room t- on the back to put updates. You can jot down some things that are happening where you see those answer to prayer. So that's prayer cards. I encourage you to make three or four of them. Pray for the things that weigh most heavily on your heart and just pray for them every day. Okay? Journaling. If you turn the page, you'll see I've got uh, a three-step kind of thing here on journaling. I began journaling during my sabbatical summer before last at the encouragement of a mentor of mine. And um, I've never been much of a journaler, uh, and, but I really got into it. And one of the things that helped me do is it helped me to slow down and think about what's God doing in my life? Where's God showing up in my life? Where are the challenges where I feel like he's absent from my life? And it helps me just be aware and pay attention to God. And so I'm listening to the blessings of God. I'm listening to the challenges I'm experiencing. And I'm just, I'm just it, it can be a short paragraph or two. It doesn't have to be a lot. 
And then also in my journaling, I can write about what I read that morning. You know, I, I read Revelation 21 and 22 the other day. And, and just to have this beautiful picture that, that God's going to wrap history up and it's going to be amazing. Eternity is going to be amazing. And I just wrote a couple sentences about that after I read that. And you don't have to write about everything you read in your reading plan. Just what stands out to you. Write a couple, write down, you can write down the verse I often do. or write down the verse that stood out to me. And then write down a thought about that verse. And then the last thing is oftentimes during, during that time with God, things will start to percolate. You start to think of things you want to pray for. Oh, yeah, I need to pray for them. Or this, this verse reminds me of that situation. And so I'll use my journal to also write out some things I'm praying for. And oftentimes those things I'm praying for in my journal will end up becoming a prayer card down the road. Because, I, you know what, it's like the fifth time I've written that prayer need out. I need to make that into a prayer card. So that's often how that will work for you, okay? Think of this as uh, not a total prescription for how you should do all of this, but as a way to say, I'd like to press in this far. If you've never done Bible reading at all, this may seem like way too much. And I understand that. Just begin with the actual Bible reading. Okay? Where did it go? I know I just had it. There it is. Just begin with the actual Bible reading. It's listed out five days a week, as we discussed. Tomorrow is the beginning of the plan. Just read Matthew 1, 1 through 17, Luke 1, 1 through 4, John 1. 1 through 18. One of the things I want to mention to you is we're reading the New Testament Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, harmoniously. What that means is, is that there's a story written in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. We're going to read that story in all four Gospels. Sometimes it's only in three, sometimes it's only in two, sometimes it's only in one. But we're going to read through not only chronologically from start to finish, but we're going to read through harmoniously in that we're going to read the same stories from all the places it's found in the Gospels. So that's why it looks a little weird when we're going through the Gospels. And then once we're done with the Gospels, it'll look a little bit more normal because there's just be Acts, Romans, and so on, okay? But you can read through. You have a place to check the box. I read through the New Testament today. And then every day you'll have a chance to read Psalms and Proverbs, journal and prayer card, okay? So you can think of this as, if you've never done it before, just start with the New Testament. You may find you have time, add in Psalms. You have more time than you thought, add in Proverbs. You really want to dig in, do the journaling and the prayer card, all right? Don't feel like you've got to do all of it, but this is an opportunity to grow. So some of you, you've done reading plans before, but you've never journaled before, or you've never done prayer cards before. This is a chance for you to grow as well. And so just look at this and pray about it and say, God, how much of this, where should I start? And if you need help, I mean, that's, that's, why I'm, that's exactly why I'm here, is to help with this kind of thing. So you want some help with this, let me know. But as you read through it and as you pray through it, I think it will become clear uh, what you need to do, where you need to start. Okay? Now, let me wrap up with this. I know we're going long. I apologize for that. I told you I was excited about it, so I got going a little bit. So, um, <clears throat> The psalmist says, I delight in your decrees. Why would he write that? Why would anyone delight in the word of God? Think about what a word is. What is a word? A word is a message. God wants to speak to you. Think about that. God, 
the creator of all that there is, wants to communicate with you. And so he has given you his word. Now, what's interesting is when you get to the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, in the first verse and the 14th verse, we read, in the beginning was the word, and word is capitalized. Interesting. And the word, capitalized again, was with God. And the word, capitalized again, was God. What? In the beginning beginning was the word, and the word was was with God, and the Word was God. What is the Word then? The Word is God? I don't understand. Verse 14, the Word became flesh. So God became flesh. Because the Word is God. So God became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who is the Son of God, who is God, who became the Word of God, who became flesh. Who is that Son of God? I bet you know the answer. Who is it? Jesus. You're still awake. Good job, everybody. Jesus, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. God wants to communicate with you about himself. So how does he do that? He gives us the Bible, but he also comes in the flesh. The Word becomes flesh. The value of the Bible is not that it's a great book with interesting stories and morals and important rules and laws. That's not the value of the Bible. The value of the Bible is that God is speaking to us through it. He's saying, here's who I am. Here's who you are. Here's the problem with our relationship, sin. Here's how I fixed it, Jesus. That God wants to communicate with us. And just think about this for a second. He wanted to communicate. In other words, he wanted to have a relationship with us so badly that God was willing to step out of heaven. The word became flesh. Not just to preach great sermons, which Jesus did, but to give his life, to die for us. God became flesh to die for us because he wants to have a relationship with us. This is the message. This is the word. This is what God is saying to us. And so let us say with the psalmist, therefore, I will not neglect God's word. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good to us that you would want to talk to us, that you would want to communicate with us, that you'd want to be with us. What an awesome thing. It's hard to even, to really fathom, to understand completely And what can we say but thank you? Thank you for making us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for wanting to be with sinners like me. God, help us to enjoy, delight in that relationship Jesus has secured for us through the careful reading, living, and praying of your word. This is what we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Brief invitation for us today. A couple thoughts. One is this.
you've heard God wants a relationship with you, do you have one with him? Have you said to God, God, I am a sinner and I need a savior. I trust Jesus to be that savior for me. I can't do it and nothing else can. Have you said something like that to God before? If not, let today be the day. That's how much God loves you. He would send his son for you. He wants a relationship with you. Do you have that relationship? If not, it is by faith in Jesus that we experience the grace of God. Second thing that I would encourage you to think about in this time of invitation is to consider where you're at with God. Maybe you have that relationship. And praise God that you do. There's nothing more valuable in your life than your relationship with God through Jesus. You have that relationship. What does it look like for you to grow in that relationship in 2023? I've given you several things to consider. Reading plan, journaling, scripture, uh, prayer cards, and so on. What do, you, what do you need to do to grow? What is something you heard today that you thought, mm, yeah, I, I think I need to add that to my life. I need to add that to my time with God. And let that be your response to God during this invitation is just begin to talk to God about, God, I, I think you want me to do this. Will you help me? Show me. Encourage me. And begin to make that commitment. So that's the time of invitation that we'll come back and take the Lord's Supper. So invitation won't be long. We'll have a chance to worship and respond. And if you would, go ahead and stand with me. If you need prayer, just come on down front. I'd love to pray for you. But let's respond to the Lord how he's led us.